in 2 Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 38. If you would, y'all been sitting for a little while, would you stand out of respect for the Word of God? 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 38. And Elisha came to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field, went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof gourds his light full, and came and shred them into the pot of uh, into the pot of uh, pottage, for they knew them not, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, "O thou man of God, there is death in the pot." And they could not eat thereof. But he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, Pour out for the people, and they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. Father, I pray you'd help me tonight, Lord, as I try to make, Lord, application from this story, Lord, to our lives and our hearts. And I pray tonight that, Lord, you'd make it as clear uh, to these thy people, Lord, as you've made it to me in my own time of study and meditation. And I pray tonight that, Lord, we might learn something from this episode in the life of Elisha, that, Lord, we might live our lives in a way that's pleasing unto Thee. Lord, I thank You, Lord, for what You've done for us tonight. I thank You for the good uh, report from Brother Mike, and I thank You for what You're doing in their lives. And I just pray tonight, Lord, that You continue to work here in this church, and, Lord, continue to work on our hearts and make us more like Jesus. Lord, for it's in His name we pray. Amen. I've... I've, I've heard this um, story preached on. Brother Mays Jackson used to uh, preach on this, on death in the pot. And, uh, and, um, and he said that in California, everybody's favorite verse is verse 41. It says there's no harm in the pot. But anyway, you'll get that later on. But, but we're not talking about that kind of pot. You know what I mean? Um, what we have here... Um, is an interesting, I love these stories, I do. I'm glad the Lord put this in his Bible. The Bible's not all just uh, facts, and it's not all, I love the facts, I love the, you know, but I'm glad there's illustrations and there's stories, and all these stories are here not to entertain us, but to educate us and to enlighten us and for us to see spiritual truth. If there was no spiritual truth in this story, it wouldn't be in the Bible. The Bible is a spiritual book, and it, it's meant, it, it's, it, it's spiritually it's discerned is what, the Bible, is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians. But, but here in this story, we find that Elisha is at Gilgal preaching, teaching, instructing these young preachers that are there um, in school to become prophets, training to become prophets. And uh, after he's done, uh, some part, some, sometime during the day, he says, we need to stop. You know, they're Baptist preachers, so they're going to eat. And he gets a pot and puts it on the a fire and begins to stir it up, some type of vegetable stew. And while he's doing this, one of those young men goes outside, begins to gather herbs and, and uh, uh, gourds and wild vines and brings it in there and slices it up, puts it in the pot. They begin to pour it out. They begin to eat. And all of a sudden, they all realize something bad is going on. They realize that what was in that pot was killing them. And they begin to cry out and said, Oh, man of God, there is death in the pot. And, uh, and so here's what I want to preach on tonight, if the Lord will help me. Uh, I want to preach on sin stew. 
And I want to look at this as a type of sin. This is a lot like sin. They didn't realize it was going to kill them. They could, it smelled good, it looked good, and it even tasted good. But what it did to them, once it got in them, you understand sin outside can't hurt you. On the outside, sin doesn't harm you. It, it, you know, they could have bathed in this stew and it wouldn't have killed them. I mean, they could have, they could have swam in it. They could have filled up a, a, a swimming pool and swam in it. But what, what made it dangerous is when they consumed it and it got into their body and then it became deadly to them. And that's just like sin. Sin looks good. Sin tastes good. Sin smells good. But once you get it inside of you, it has dangerous consequences. And so I want to look at this real quickly tonight, and maybe we can find some truth to help us. The first thing I want to see here is the condition that we find in the land. The Bible says that there was a, verse 38, there was a dearth in the land. That word dearth, it means famine. Uh, it means drought. And so we find that when this, when this took place, when this happened, was not in a time of prosperity. It was not a time in, uh, you know, great harvest. It was not in a time where things were going good. It was in a time where people were wanting, where people were worrying, where people were looking. Uh, it was in a time of great desperation. Now, I want to help you tonight. This drought here was the judgment of God. Uh, and you can read for yourself in Ezekiel uh, chapter uh, 14. There's four woes that God used to judge Israel. The sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the wild beasts. Uh, in Deuteronomy 28, he told them that if they didn't obey him, he'd make the heaven as brass and the land would become like dust. I mean, this was the judgment of God. And, 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 and because of this drought, people didn't have enough to eat. They didn't have, they, 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 weren't, uh, they weren't enjoying the comforts of life that they wanted that enjoyed, and, and it was a time of, of great peril. It was a time of great uh, uh, worry and anxiety among God's people. You know, I read a statistic today. They, in, in 2022, they said that, that they, I don't know how they found it out, and they may be right, they may be wrong, so I'm not quoting this as scripture. This is not infallible. So I've had people come and say, well, I looked it up and it said it was 23%. You said 20%. i am not, I'm just going off the, what the statistics that I read. You understand? So anyway, before anybody wants to throw it back in my face. But they said that in 2022 that 25% of adults in America have some sort of anxiety disorder. Fear, worry. And here we are in the most prosperous country in all the world. And one out of every four adults is worrying themselves literally to death. I wonder why is that? I believe it's the judgment of God. And, and now follow me. Now here, I, I, I'm going to move. I'm preaching about sin. And I know everybody likes to hear about sin, so I'm going to talk about sin. Here's where we need, here's what I want you to understand tonight. Uh, when, when things are difficult in times of desperation is when we are very vulnerable to sin. I mean, when you come out of revival or you just heard a message that touched your heart or you've been in a good church service where the fellowship was sweet and the Spirit of God was present and, 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 and God's power was manifested or, or you just got a raise at your job or, or you know, or you got... Or, I mean, when things are going well, when all the kids have got good grades on the report card and, and it seems like God's answering <coughs> prayer and <coughs> God's... Uh, 
moving in your life. I mean, that's not when you are the most vulnerable to sin. It's in times of drought, in times of famine. You see, if it weren't for the famine, this young man never would have even thought about going out there and getting wild herbs and, and vines and gourds. They would have had some black pudding to put in there. No, I'm just kidding. These were southern Israel people, rednecks. But, <laughs> and by the way, they did develop the English language, but we have perfected it in the South. And if they need help with that, I'll be glad to come do a week training on how to speak properly. But, but, but uh, you understand the application here? Where do we need to be the most cautious is when things are difficult, when trials come, when problems happen. There's been so many people that have been infected by sin because they, they, they did not, they were not, they did not, they, they let down their guard because of the drought they were going through in their life. Do you know we're in a drought right now? Worldwide drought. Famine. You say, what kind of famine are you talking about? Amos chapter 8. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. There is a drought tonight, in the whole, a worldwide drought, for hearing the words of the Lord. He said, Brother Martin, there's churches everywhere. But I want to ask you tonight, if I were to ask you, tell me where you could go tonight, and you know without a doubt you would hear from God, that you would hear God's word, and that you could hear God speak to your soul, it'd probably be a little harder than you think. And, and, and Brother Mike mentioned the churches everywhere, and I, I agree with him. There's some churches God wants to close. There's some churches I, that I pray that he will close. You understand? They're preaching false doctrine and, and they're doing more harm than good. Uh, they're, they're, they're hurting the cause. Anyway, but, but the famine we're in tonight is a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. And they, we need to be careful because when there is a famine, you become more vulnerable to temptation. Now watch this. And the Bible says this in verse 38. And there was a dearth in lamb. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. So here, not only is there a, a condition, the condition that we find, but notice this, there's a commitment here that we should follow. What do you mean, Brother Martin? Elisha was doing what Elisha was called to do despite the fact there was a famine in the land. Elisha wasn't out trying to find food. Elisha wasn't out. You know what Elisha was doing? He was sitting in the school. He was in the school of the prophets teaching and training these young men who were about to fill that room of a prophet. What I'm trying to say is there is a commitment we should follow. What I'm saying is tonight, even though there is a famine in the land, does not mean we need to fold up the tent and close up shop and just quit doing what God's called us to do. If there's ever been a time we need to do what God's called us to do, it's right now. You see what I'm saying? I admire the, the, I admire the faith of men of God like Elisha. I mean, there was a famine in the land. This is the judgment of God. And he is a preacher. And it would be very easy for him to say, well, if God's against this country, I might as well be too. If God, I'll just, you know, if God's judging them, why would I try to help them? But you know what? He had a job to do. He had a calling. He had an anointing. He had a mantle that God had given him. And he had said, no matter if it's a drought or it's not a drought, he said, I'm going to keep doing what God's called me to do. And even though it may not seem like much and it may not seem like it's making a difference, he said, I'm going to keep doing it because this is what God's given me to do. And I, I admire that. And I'm going to tell you what we need to do. We need to keep doing what God's given us to do. 
That's what the church needs to do. I mean, we sit here and cuss the dark all we want. I guess curse the dark is what you're supposed to say in church, but you know what I mean. I don't know. Anyway, but we can sit here and talk about the drought and gripe about the conditions and talk about everything, but guess what? That ain't what God has called the church to do. All we can do is what Elisha did. Elisha found him some young men who were wanting to serve God, who were wanting to be prophets, and he said, I can't do nothing about the drought, but I can try to help them. I can try to influence them. I can try to teach them, and maybe there's something I can give them that they can give somebody else, and, and then they can give it to somebody else. And listen tonight, that's what we're called to do as the church is, is to go in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in and give them the word of God and help them people and try to make a difference in people's lives one life at a time there's a commitment we should follow but then in verse number 38 there's a crisis that we all face and I'm talking about sin the crisis we find in this story is the same crisis we find in the world you know we live in a world that's been infiltrated by sin sin entered the world Romans chapter 5 sin entered in the world it's in, and it's everywhere. Remember where this is? This is at the school of the prophets. And it got it even, this poison got inside there. I'm saying tonight, there is a crisis. Uh, 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 sin is poisoning our people. It's poisoning our children. It's poisoning our churches. And listen, uh, we need to admonish or we need to acknowledge that there is a crisis. Have you seen that? Uh, I think it's an insurance commercial and there's like a, a town on fire behind this. No, it ain't. It, it was a movie or something. And the guy standing there, it's the guy from that airplane, the white-haired dude. Anyway, he said, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. You know what I'm talking about? There's no problem. Everything's fine. You know, everything's fine. Like them folks on the Titanic eating, eating and drinking and playing the violin while she's sinking. And I want you to know the Titanic, listen, this world's sinking. It's sinking. But we don't need to sit on the deck and act like everything's okay. We need to acknowledge the fact uh, that sin is rampant and sin is running wild. And people need to know that there's trouble. There's trouble in this world. But anyway, there's a crisis here. What, what caused this? What caused this to happen? And this is interesting to me. There was dis discontent, first of all. Now, follow me. And I said this back around Thanksgiving. I've been thinking about it ever since. Discontentment leads to disobedience. You say, where do you see discontentment? Now, listen now, and you can read it and study it out and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. And I, I, if I'm wrong, I'd rather know it. But I'm telling you, it ain't here. Nobody told him to go out there and get them herbs and them wild vines. Elisha was making them vegetable stew. And I, I mean, I like vegetable stew, especially when it's cold. But I mean, in a drought, I mean, it's better. I mean, I, hey, that's, that's like a delicacy, you know. Elisha's making them stew. And this young man goes outside and goes and starts looking. What, what, why did he go out there? He was wanting something more than what Elisha had. He wasn't happy with what was already in that pot. He wanted to put something else in that pot. And you know tonight, that's where sin will creep into our life. You know how this all got started, sin, where it all began? With discontentment. 
Eve and Adam had the entire garden. They had anything they could, everything was there for them. They had everything they could ever want. There was only one thing they could not have. And she looked at that and she wanted that and she took that and it, it, it cursed mankind. And tonight, listen, I'm telling you, be careful about discontentment. Whether it be, a, and by the way, discontentment's like cancer, it'll spread. You get discontent at your work, and then you become discontent in your marriage, and you become discontent in your church, and then you become discontent with your family and with your children and in every area of your life. And if you're not careful, if you let that creep into your life, then you'll become, you'll be poisoned by sin. This boy said, I don't, that's, I want more. I, that's not, I want something better. And he went out there scavenging and he found these, these gourds and vines and he brought it in and he almost killed the whole bunch. And I wonder how many people have been killed by sin because they just wanted something more. They got bored. They got, they got used to what they had. Listen, this morning, evening, we should all just be thankful for what we have. Just thank God for what we have. For, our husband, for your husband, for your wife, for your children, for your church, for your job, for your home, for your car, for your clothes, for your health, for whatever you have. Just thank God for what you have. And, and, and the reason we need to constantly be doing that is so we can safeguard ourselves from making the same mistake he did. Now listen, there's discontent, there's deception. The Bible says in verse 39, for they knew them not. They were pretty brave throwing in these things that they didn't know what they were. And, I, you know, as a preacher, I've learned that you just don't eat things you don't know what they are. But they, he was deceived. Now, there's deception. <clears throat> there was deception. It looked good to his eyes. It felt good to his hands. It smelled good. But what he could not see is under the, 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 the outer layer of that, of that gourd, there was poison seeping inside. Now, let me help you with something. The devil always wraps his presence in beautiful paper. And, 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 and deception. He is, the Bible says he was more subtle than he And Satan has been doing that for a long time. The entrance into sin is beautiful. When you walk in, it's decorated, and there's bright lights, and there's loud noise, and it seems like it's fun. But what the devil doesn't show is the people walking out the back door with their life broken, with their hearts shattered, with their family destroyed. They don't, he don't show you all that. He shows the people partying, drinking that beer. But he don't show them. 218 people died on New Year's for alcohol, DUI, drunk driving. And he don't show you that telephone pole. He don't show you that phone call. He don't show you that child and that mother who were killed by that man who jumped. What I'm saying tonight is that they were deceived by this thing. There's deception. And then there's despair. They began to eat it and they cried out and said, oh, there's death in the pot. Now it tasted good. Obviously, because they all ate it. If it, did, if it tasted, they would all immediately would have spit it out. And they swallowed it, and it probably made them feel good for just a little while. It satisfied that desire for food. But some, and a minute one said, ooh, I ain't felt like this since I ate my mother-in-law's favorite recipe. No, I'm just kidding. But one of them looked at the other and said, boy, you don't look good. And he said, you don't look good either. Eyes got bloodshot, sweat, hands got, I don't know, maybe they started swelling up and and, 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 and all of a sudden, they begin to realize 
they began to realize what they had just done was going to kill them. And don't you know, listen, the devil, there is pleasure in sin for a season. But that season is short. The season is short. And the pain and the consequences and the judgment and the punishment for sin is long. Amen. So we see a crisis that we all face. There's a cure there that was furnished, and I'm done. He cried out to the man of God, said, there's death in the pot. They could not eat thereof. And he said, bring meal. He cast in the pot, and he said, pour out for the people, and they may eat, and there is no harm in the pot. I want to say tonight, I'm glad God has a cure for sin. There's a cure. Now, 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 now how did they get help? I'm done. Number one, there was recognition. They realized what they were eating was hurting them. They recognized that. There was, there was recognition. You know, and, and, and like, like Ginger, she, she's a tough, I mean, she's, she's hard-nosed. She plays basketball. She's got more bruises on her. I mean, she's got bruises. Every time she plays, she hits the floor. They let her in the other day. Uh, Graves was playing Mayfield. I mean, it's packed out. She got in for five seconds, hit the floor three times. I thought, man, and she just, and that's, it's, that, but, but I've seen her hit her elbow or, or, and that thing look, and I'll be like, Ginger, you okay? I'm fine. There could be blood running out of her nose and eyes and ears, and she'd say, I'm fine. I've seen her hit her head on the floor and, and get up, and her eyes, instead of crossing, they go this way. And, and she'll say, I'm fine. But you know, listen, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that way spiritually. They keep hitting their head against the wall and they keep looking, I'm fine. And they do it again. They say, I'm fine. If you want to get help tonight, you've got to say, listen, I've messed up. I've done it hard. Something's wrong. Amen. There was a revealing. They confessed they had made a mistake. Many people are so full of pride that they'd just soon die from the poison. That's confessed they'd made a mistake. But there was repentance. You say, where do you see that? It said in verse 40, they, they could not eat thereof. They stopped eating it. Huh? I can imagine they're sitting there, and one of them's about to, about to put a spoonful in his mouth, and another one, wham, slapped his hand and said, don't eat that, it's not good for you. And he looked over there, and here's another one, got a bowl, he's just about done, and he's going to sip of the, the, the leftovers, and one of them knocked the bottle and said, don't do that. And here's what people say, well, you just need to mind your own business. If I know you're drinking poison, what kind of friend am I if I don't tell you you're drinking poison? What kind of preacher am I if I don't stand up and say you're killing yourself, you're killing your family, you're ruining your testimony, you need to stop, they all put it down. Now how stupid, ignorant, foolish would they have been to, to one of them say this ain't right and they just kept on just eating it. That had been foolish, wouldn't it? They had to put it down. If you want to, get, if you want to fix sin in your life, you got to put it down. You can't just keep eating and eating it. It's going to get worse. It ain't going to get better. And there's a remedy, though. Elisha said, bring me meal. And they did what he said. If you want to get help tonight, you got to obey the word of the Lord. They did what he said, and they brought a meal. He threw it in the pot, and all of a sudden, that which had been poisonous become pleasant. And they ate it. That meal is a type of the word of God. Thy word have I hid my heart that I might not sin against thee. He healed us by his word. Psalms 107. He sent his word and healed them. 
That, that, that meal is a type of the word of God. And, 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 and not only that, it's a type of the son of God. Jesus said in John 6, I'm that bread come down from heaven. And listen tonight, what, how, how could that thing that once was going to kill them now sustain them? How could that which was once uh, poisonous now become pleasant? Because they added something to it. And listen tonight, the only cure for sin is the word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. As Jesus takes the word and applies it to your heart, he can take that which was once poisonous and make it pleasant. That's why we need this book tonight. We need it. We need it. We need a regular diet of the Word of God. Because guess what? We're all, we are all consuming a lot more of this stuff in this world than we realize. There's a lot of things we consume and we don't even, like these boys, they didn't realize they were eating it. They didn't know they was eating poison. They did, they, did not, they did not know is what the Bible says. And a lot of things we don't even realize what we're, we, we don't even realize how much we absorb by just simply being exposed. Have you ever, you know, y'all remember Chernobyl and all that? I was reading the other day, they're talking about that there's still people today that their family, they're, 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 they weren't even there at Chernobyl, but they got around people in their family and they exposed them and they didn't even realize what I'm saying now we don't even realize we don't even understand how much we're exposed to and that's why we need to come in church and get the word of God in our heart because you know what this word of God can do it can take that see that, those things and it can it can heal that it can cure that it can nullify that you understand uh, it can counteract that stuff that poison that, that the world is surrounding us with and, and trying to saturate us with the word of God can, can, can take and can annul all the effects of that poison 